Hi everybody and welcome to a new episode of Paratalk and this week I have Corinne. Corinne, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hi, nice to meet you. That's all right. Thanks for coming on the episode. Before we go any further and jump into this episode, how did all this come about with you being doing photography and getting into the paranormal? Okay, so I started getting into the paranormal really at a young age and I used to have some really, really strange experiences um, with sleep paralysis, believe it or not. It's just um, when you either are going into sleep or coming out of sleep and you are essentially paralysed because your body hasn't quite caught up with itself. You see things and you hear things and sometimes it's even hard to breathe. Obviously, I was wondering what on earth is happening to me. It kind of started from there. I started speaking to family members and realising that they've seen things, they've heard things, and it just, the paranormal kind of just spiralled from there. Here I am now, still interested, still researching the paranormal. With regards to the photography, um, it's my job, it's my full-time job, it's my career, it's what pays my bills. Um, so it kind of makes sense to use that and my knowledge of like what I've learned throughout uni, what I know about light, use that as part of paranormal investigations. Interesting. Uh, two points there that are quite interesting because... I was a full-time photographer for 20 years. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> so that's a bit weird. Amazing. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's not all the wham, wham, glam that people think it is, but uh, it's a lot of hard work and a lot of not it's getting paid. Hard. <laughs> but, it's hard work. Yeah. It really is hard work, but it makes me so happy. Um, I've recently just come back from Austria after doing a wet plate photography course. Uh-huh. Um, so that's my next adventure that I'm doing. Um, called the uh, Black Art Sessions, but we'll talk about that later. You you mentioned also mentioned sleep paralysis at a young age. Um, yeah. That's something that I've uh, experienced at a young age. Um, do you think that... Um, I, 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 I could go in and explain it all, but people get really tired because every time I mention sleep paralysis, I go and tell my story, and it's, uh, it's basically something that I experienced when I was younger, and it yeah. kind of it was, it involved sleepwalking as well. But I'm just wondered, without telling you too much about my experiences, did you have any other experiences around that time when you had your sleep paralysis? I kind of, I remember having an imaginary friend. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember like seeing him, but it was only like for a really short period of time. I remember during the sleep paralysis episodes, I would see people that had passed away. That actually happened recently. I fell asleep on the sofa downstairs mm -hmm. and I saw my nan sitting on the coffee table, weirdly enough. So, yeah, I've seen things. I've kind of heard things um, that my parents have said weren't there. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty much that. And it's always quite sporadic as well. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I, I kind of uh, find that, that the sleep paralysis phenomenon and uh, the uh, night terrors is a fascinating thing. And uh, I know more than one person that has either had the experience or suffered from it from ongoing or still has it now. I mean, I have experienced it a few years ago. I had another experience where I felt that someone was physically holding me down. Um, yeah. I, I couldn't feel anything. It just felt like a really, a really big bloke was gripping me and holding me down. And, and I kind of realized that obviously, you know, this is some form of sleep paralysis. I just need to just relax and it, it will go away and it did and I was able to move but yeah I I think that's um it's definitely uh fascinating and, and I think that I like to ask people these questions because sometimes people say well you know 
uh, I had other things going on. Maybe, like you said, that you had a feeling that other people were around or other, you know, whatever they might be was about. And... I remember seeing them. Like, they yeah. were there. They were in front of me. They were right there. And sometimes it didn't even look human. They were just slithers. Well, That's the it, only way I can really explain uh, it. Yeah. That, okay. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going on a tangent here because I mean people are going to go. Oh God, he's going to go again. Here he goes. <laughs> he's going on one. But uh, so uh, I, when I was younger, about back in the uh, or early eighties, I was uh, I used to have these episodes, and I would wake up and I would see this kind of shape in the um, corner of my room, and it would be uh, very tall by my wardrobe, motionless, darker than the rest of the room, and it never moved. But the more I looked at it, the more scared i became and the, and the more i couldn't move and uh it, it was and the only way that i could sort of uh, get away from it was just to you know i could move my eyes so i would just look down under my covers and of course eventually i would fall asleep and of course then you would wake up in the morning and it, that was it and then of course a few days later it would happen again i mean it got to the point where my mum would she took me to the doctors because she thought i was going a bit crazy um but he was like no he's, he's completely normal uh, and uh, it was just like they put it down to some sort of growing up stress, like hormones and stuff. But um, yeah, it's interesting that w when we talk about the paranormal and being younger people and like imaginary friends and stuff, I always think I, I never had an imaginary friend when I was younger. I never had nothing like that. I had friends that were like, well, I'm going to, uh, it's Jack there, it's my mate. He's, yeah, can you not see him? And I'm like, no, but it's, you know, uh, I've, I've had I've had friends like that who've had mates or they go off and, talking to somebody it's like and they can't understand that you can't see them and it's like when you're a kid it's you know it, you, you don't have that kind of mindset where you you look at the your mate and go well clearly he's mental you know you 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 don't you're not locked in like that you can't so you're when you're a younger person and in, in you the world's a, a very mystical place and all these things can happen i think that's uh it's definitely a a bit strange but i've got another question regarding um experiences now I I know because you've told me that you you actively investigate haunted locations. Have you? What's your? Um, I'm not going to say what's your scariest um, investigation, but what is your most um, unnerving investigation? Where you go to a location and you think, oh, I think we better go. Well, there's been a couple, but I've I've never been that terrified that I've run away from a location. Mm -hmm. Because I've, I've always been like so curious about anything, even if it feels strange in there, I'm staying because I want to know what's going on. Draco Tunnels was one. You're kind of essentially underground because it's an old bunker. It's yeah. kind of like you're essentially underground and it's so, so dark. You can't see your hand in front of your face. That was one location and you can hear like bangs and shuffling and stuff in there. But it's so big. It's like three and a half miles worth of underground tunnels you don't know what's down there but it's it's a great place to be unfortunately you can't investigate there anymore because they've stopped it the polar opposite another place i went to was 30s drive in pontefract oh uh, yes um, i guess a lot of people have probably heard of that mm. <laughs> so we did a little experiment we decided to book it for a week and pretend like we were moving in like we were going to redecorate the place okay. this is mine now i i live here yeah i yeah. live here this is mine <laughs> Um, and we thought it was a quiet week until we looked back on the footage that we captured 
it blew my mind and i'm a bit of a smart ass i like to debunk everything okay uh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely no, that's good that's, that's good that's um, kind of mentally healthy literally and i am now eating my words so we were doing a live stream uh, as part of the team that we're in lee core paranormal and we were doing a live stream for the people on youtube before we actually started investigating really just to show people where we were and it went on for about half an hour we stopped the stream and we just posted it and forgot about it because we were have we had other things to look at so we just completely forgot about it we just posted it a few months later somebody sent us a message saying you're either really good at faking this or i think you've caught something and we were like oh okay and we get a few messages like that and it's usually nothing we you know nothing that we can yeah. see anyway so we played it they time stamped it we played it and that was it for the rest of the day i just could not stop watching this clip there's the little girl's room uh, the top of the landing little girl's room straight as you turn around right. and it's the door that always opens now it's a quite an quite an old door um yeah you, know, you can see why it opens because it doesn't seem that stable to me anyway so it opened slightly and we were like oh brilliant you know um thank you for doing that if if that was you and then we saw what i can only describe is it's me being exaggerating massively but the girl from the ring peering into the gap <laughs> in the door and what annoys me is we don't have a camera in that little girl's room because we hadn't properly started investigating yet hmm. I, I have very, i've seen the weird. i've seen the video uh of all you guys on the landing and your but i see the door latch click and it the door opens and you definitely can see something behind the door and it appears to it appears to move uh ever so slightly uh as if it's you know it's not something attached to something now yeah, yeah i could it could be a camera artifact a, a trick of the, the trick of the way that 100%. it's being filmed um yeah. but it also could the problem is when you have uh captures like that it's very difficult to say it, it's nothing or it, it's possibly something. Um, yeah. I, I tend to err on the side of on the fence where I'm 50-50. Um, and it could be better to, as you say, unfortunately, you didn't have a camera in there. And that would, you know, you would have your whatever it might be. And because this, this house kind of uh, is kind of synonymous with lots of the ghost hunters with the, the most haunted lot and, and and all that lot they've all done their thing there because it goes back uh many years didn't it? i mean this house was made what uh this is the 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 pitchard pitchard was it the pit yeah pitchard family they moved in in the 1960s didn't they and yeah. as, as soon as they moved in they apparently had lots of crazy stuff because they had a daughter it was a mum a dad and a daughter wasn't it younger like a, a early teens wasn't she and um yeah. they they kind of had all this crazy stuff going on there uh, from the time that they first moved in. And this is an older sort of 60s house and mm. maybe a slightly earlier at brick built. And it's... Um, it does look very yeah. much like you're going to see your nan. Yeah, yeah. yeah my, actually, yeah. saying that, my nan lived in a house like that. Semi-detached, brick built house. Uh, and it was, yeah, it could be my nan's house with the garden at the front and the garden at the back and the hedgerow. Or, or the in the gate and all that yeah i um it it could be it's that older style house and uh, uh you know i i i've seen a lot of investigations on it and i've i've read some articles on it and i kind of think that 
there possibly could be something going on there. I've never stayed there, so, you know, I don't know. I've never been in there. I always look at the story. I always try to look at the people that originally lived there and to find out. I, and I don't watch film. Like, there was a film made, wasn't there? Um, when the lights go when out. The lights go out. Yeah, yeah, they premiered it in the location. I think yeah. that's why um, the current owner bought the house to premiere it there. Hmm. And uh, and now the house is hired out so that people can do vigils. Um, but I, clearly the the family that originally lived there, uh, you know, you're not going to go into a house and go, well, uh, no, there's ghosts. I want to move. I want to leave. I'm not happy with this. I want a bigger house. You know, because <laughs> uh, people do do that, don't they? They they oh, it's got a ghost, so I don't want to live here no more. You know, so and I want to leave. So it, I, it's a nice it's a nice brick built house and in a nice area and. Uh, yeah, some. I mean, the girl, the daughter was allegedly uh, grabbed and dragged up the stairs, and she had uh, like uh, when they checked her over, that she had like hand marks around her neck. The uh, there were objects being thrown. There were there used to get photographs being slashed and things like that. So classic. That's your kind of classic poltergeist stuff. But yeah. allegedly, I mean, everybody grew up. Uh, I think Joe, the father, he died in the house, didn't he? Died in bed. If there's stuff still going on, then clearly, I mean, usually poltergeist phenomenon, it's centered around young adolescent children or young yeah. children who are in the growing up phase. And then when they, and it, and it, and also poltergeist phenomenon is usually very short lived. And when I say very short lived, if you look at like the Enfield case and cases like that, you know, we've seen sort of eight to 12 months. And then it peters out and it's all it's all done. It's all gone. So there's definitely, I, I don't know, something possibly more. And, and it kind of leads me on to my next question, because what I was going to ask you was, what's your thoughts on not just buildings being haunted, but maybe an area being haunted? So in the place, the, uh, the land itself uh, is. And then if you build a house on it, then you get activity from what was there before or what happened there before what's your thoughts on that i guess if there is such thing as a conscious spirit then maybe they could not be happy about that um but i also believe that things like this also can come from people as well like living people for example like teenagers um they're very hormonal you know i was i was awful and all this energy that they give off can be quite I don't know, unintentionally violent, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because of the hormones, the anger, and, you know, I was a very angry child. Oh, we're all angry. When we're young, we're all angry, yeah. We all hate everything. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so I I believe that that kind of could also cause, like, poltergeist activity. Um, And whether, like, people's energy or the energy of the land stays and can actively move things, I mean, it's I guess it's entirely possible, and that's why we do what we do. Hmm. Interesting. Out, yeah. So, okay, so uh, I've got a another question that kind of leads on to that, and talking about ghosts and the, uh, you know, uh, is it grandma that's uh, gone on to the never world that's come back to sort of say hi? Um, yeah. yeah, I experienced, I did experience something that was a bit a bit weird twice, uh, and I, I'll lay it now on the table now. People are groaning, going, oh, my God, he's starting again. He's telling stories. <laughs> but um, uh, my dad passed away of cancer. He went to a hospice. Uh, me and my brother used to go there, like, every day for, like, three weeks before he died. And um, 
I was his carer for like two years up to the point where he had to go to hospice. And the, the most bizarre thing was the last few weeks of his life, he was heavily medicated. So he was literally just like asleep. Uh, but one night we had um, a phone call from the nurse saying, I don't know how, you know, they obviously know. Uh, and they say, well, you, I think your, your dad might die soon. So you want to come in? And we're like, okay. And we, me and my brother come in and we're sat there and he, you know, I have to kind of say that he was, he had like uh, stuff injected, like morphine and stuff. So he was completely out of it. He was just out of it, you know? And um, it was like five o'clock in the morning. And all of a sudden he just wakes up and he sits up in bed and he's pointing to the, like the end of the bed and he's smiling and he's like, it's as if he's watching somebody walk across the bottom of his bed, you know, and me and my brother are sat either side of his bed at the bottom. And I'm, I'm like looking at my brother going, what the, you know, and he's like, my brother's like, I don't know. And, uh, and, but the weird thing was the room, the feeling in the room changed for a few mm. minutes, for, well, not even minutes, it was seconds, but for a few seconds, the whole, the whole room changed. It felt different. And then all of a sudden he just sort of led back down, went back to sleep. And that was weird. And I, I had to leave the room because I'm like, well, I need to go and get a cup of coffee somewhere. That was a bit, that was a bit bonkers. And um, uh, three days later, he died. Uh, just that was it. He checked out. He was gone. And uh, oh, wow. a few days after that, two or three days, I was in bed and I was thinking, what do I need to do? Because I was then the executor of his will and I had to do all the things you do, you know. And um, I just out of, out of nowhere, I was wide awake. Um, I was sat up in bed and I was thinking about the things I need to do. And then from from my... Uh, right from my right side above my head up in the corner I clearly heard my dad shout my name he was like Reeves and then I'm like what the it, as if he was in the room um yeah and that was weird uh so was that my subconscious tricking me sort of some some sort of fulfillment or did he come back from wherever he was to say yo I'm still around dude so uh yeah that was uh very strange so I'm wondering, maybe, I, I, I just go and I tell, you know, I went off on a story there, but okay. the, the point I'm trying to get across is that are all alleged sort of ghosts and spirits, what, what are your thoughts on maybe is it something else that could be manifesting uh, and kind of, the, the, are you familiar with the trickster phenomenon? Uh, vaguely, yes, yeah. yes. So I always kind of look at, you go into a haunted house and it's got poltergeist activity or, or whatever, whatever it might be, you know, the cooker's moving or whatever. And I, I think to my, I'm, cause you, you look at poltergeist phenomenon and they're lighting fires, they're hiding things, they're moving stuff around. They, 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 things are port from nowhere. You get stones, you get money, you get, I mean, there was a case, um, I can't remember the name, but it was a case. It was, uh, this, this young chap was, he was getting all this poltergeist phenomenon around. He wasn't getting, hurt or anything but he was all these things were appearing uh, around his house and the stuff was appearing and and he had um i think it was uh food uh, like potatoes and stuff appearing in his bedroom and when they took the the food and had it analyzed the food was over 100 years old what yeah so what's going on there so yeah um yeah so do you think it's maybe some form of sort of you know tricksterish thing going on as well 
I'm not sure. Um, it's just really weird because my mum, she used to live in a flat, um, I think in this village where I am, in, in um, Brooksworth at the moment. Uh -huh. And um, she used to have her potatoes go missing and turn up in random places of the house. Well, there you it, go. It, it just, sorry, you just reminded me of that. A potato ghost. Um, pardon? It's like a kind of a potato ghost. Like a, a potato ghost, yeah. yeah. potato <laughs> phenomenon. Yeah, but it's, it's, I mean, you know, that's, uh, uh, that's, that's kind of a thing. I mean, they had it in, uh, in the Enfield case, they would have things apart, uh, and just appear out of nowhere, uh, objects, little trinkets and stuff that, that weren't part of the family. And one of the interesting things was these things, when they appeared, uh, they would appear out of nowhere and then they would pick them up and they would be warm to the touch. So what was generating that heat? Did, uh, are they coming some through some sort of uh, wormhole, or are they being th thrown into the future from the past, or from the past into the? You know, I don't know. But it's, I always uh, think stuff like that. Like, um, I've had an experience where um, my husband actually mm -hmm. um, people saw his doppelganger, and we're always thinking, or maybe that was like a, a slip from the future or something like that. So you never know. Like, it could be a thing. Like like these items perhaps could be appearing from these these portals um, essentially so a well one of the theories is and uh i don't know i mean i i kind of i like this theory um and it and i suppose it could it could be something i don't know so i've got the many the many worlds theory where you are we are one of many we there are there are an unlimited amount of copies of us and we all go about our daily lives but in some way we uh we, you know we might live our lives slightly different um so but we all pretty much do the same thing and and from time to time our that those those kind of lines those tracks of each individual person they kind of overlap with each other and that's when we have the, uh, as you say, the, the doppelganger, the, the you know, the people seeing themselves or or other people seeing someone that is actually not wasn't wasn't in that location at the time, you know. So it could be that, but it also could be um, when I talk about this kind of many worlds thing. When we we look at the stone tape and we look at uh, that kind of phenomenon where we are, you know, people that live their lives and have traumatic events because if let's be honest if you go back 500 years a thousand years it was pretty it was a pretty rough place to be you know you were lucky if you if you were born and lived and got through to being a teenager uh, without yeah. dying from something or being killed by someone and and even a, you know you had a short life it was a, t a hard life unless you were lucky to be born into some sort of nobility and then even then there was no guarantee that you would live a life, you know, you might live to 30 and then you're done. And I'm, and I'm wondering where, I mean, I, I mean, one of my favorite things, do you, do you like castles and stuff? Do you like going into like big stately homes? I do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I've been in a few of those and, you know, people say, well, there's a ghost here. There's a, there's a cavalier that comes through there. And, and I think, don't tell me, don't, don't tell me those things. Don't front load me because I'm going to expect to see that. And you kind of ruin the, the surprise, you know, and, and you go in these buildings and you think to yourself, you, you kind of feel the history, uh, all the things that went on, all that, all the mental stuff. Because let's be honest, they would have, 
who, you know, you, you've got a castle and you've got a hole where you chuck people down that you don't like. Uh, and Dan Ubliet, you're going to go down there and you're going to die. And I'm going to eat my uh, my lamb dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that just weird? I mean, that's how they live back then. So have you found like um, when you go to like these locations, the stories are very similar. Yeah. Um, for example, like the the ghost bride, the Christmas yep. bride, um, that was a story that was made up by people to protect their estate, yep. to stop people from coming in, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a few of the same story like around here where I live in Northampton. So it's just, yeah, well, it's really interesting. Yeah, well, well, back in those days, people, you know, you were – you weren't someone you, not everybody could read or write and the way that uh, they would control people is to you know draw these pictures that's why churches have got all these murals of damnation and hell and stuff is because the you know the, the 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 vicar or whatever will go you know if if you don't come to church then these this is what's going to happen to you you're going to go there and uh, so people are like oh, i don't want that happen. then i'm going to go to church and sing songs yeah. uh so <laughs> Yeah, but that's that. I know it sounds quite simple, and and we kind of laugh at it, but it's like that was kind of serious, you know. And and you yeah. think how that emotion and that feeling imprints the land and imprints the place that that these people go to. Um, you, you have these great battles, you know, big civil war battles and stuff, and and then you know it's uh, uh, people go back and say, well, I saw a. I went to a field once where there was um, allegedly people had seen an apparition of a civil war english civil war battle going on and there was these there were thousands and thousands of, of men that were killed on the day of the battle you know tens of thousands and it's uh it, you think to yourself i'm stood in a field now where there's cows and sheep and it's a very i could have a picnic here but yeah a few hundred years ago this was just you know just sodden with blood you know and people picking over their bodies for gold teeth or whatever you know and, and a pair of boots so I look at that and I think this is an ideal place where you could have paranormal phenomenon. And it's, you think of like the, the, you know, the, the white lady or, or the, the headless horseman or, and I know a lot of that comes from folklore. I mean, cause we have to, uh, we, you know, we have to say that folklore does play a quite a big role. Uh, what do you think about stories? As you, as you mentioned, you touched on then, do you think that folklore plays quite a role in, in the way that we see the paranormal today? A hundred percent. Because it's like, I don't want to say like preconceived, but like if people see anything that's relating to that, like people have believed these folklore, the, these stories for so long, I guess that the building can depict that back. If, if Does that make sense? Yep. Like all these beliefs, they kind of become the reality. Yeah. Uh, kind of a, um, a kind of an emotional impression on a on a, yeah, on a place. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, um, that's definitely possible. Well, yeah. I mean, hundreds of years ago, people were very god fearing. They were very mm. uh, subservient to their to their sort of you know their lords of the manor or whatever, uh, because yeah. they were they didn't really have anything, and they knew that if they were disrespectful to their peers, that they would. Uh, won't have somewhere to live and they wouldn't have a job or a meal, you know, a meal on the table. And I think that that plays a, a quite a, a large role in the paranormal because people lived differently back then. They, their thought process was different. And that when we look at the paranormal today and we look at sort of past hauntings and places and you think, well, maybe 
what are we seeing there? Are we seeing um, are we seeing a ghost? Are we seeing something that's intelligent? Is it a person? Was it a, a you know consciousness that lived, or or was it um, a, just a playback of past events? I mean, have you ever have you ever experienced anything along the lines of an apparition? Um. Yeah, um, kind of not on an investigation though. Um, besides the video mm-hmm. I told you yeah, about, yeah. Um, so because this could be blamed on tiredness as well. Right. So, um, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Um, we were at um, doing Snowden, walking around Snowden, and um, like Mount Snowden, and we were walking back yeah. down, and this girl was trying to get past me. And I'm, I'll be quite slow, you know. I was tired. She was trying to get past me, like kept shoving me, not like horribly, but I could, you know please let me past yeah so I was like, fine like getting really angry i was like I'm freaking impatient so i stepped aside to let her pass and there was no one there hmm that was weird um and then it, i sort of started thinking like maybe how many people have potentially passed away on the mountain um you know maybe if somebody has passed away and they love hiking they love being out there i mean i'd be out there i love it you know hmm. i love hiking and there are the there are many there are many cases um on snowden in that area where people have had uh like encounters with things there's a there's a case where a gentleman i'm not sure if it was snowden but it was a very it was a mountain a snow top mountain he was lost and um he didn't know where he couldn't get his bearings he was completely it was a snowstorm and he was getting worried because he didn't know where he didn't know where he was and he noticed in front of him he noticed footsteps in front of him and he followed the footsteps and they went down to a, like a ravine area and he crossed it and he he just stayed he basically walked in the footsteps and when he got to civilization it was like a, a hut with a you know that the, they could get some food and have a fire and stuff um yeah he noticed that there was no one around that the footsteps just stopped at the beginning of the hut and there was no other footsteps there was no one inside the hut there was no one around in the area so and to this day he's still baffled as to what that was was that some sort of uh i don't know something saving him something showing him the way but without without that help he would have mostly perished on the mountainside from uh from exposure i like to think that that's something wanting to help or someone wanting mm. to help that's what i like to think (laughs) what are your thoughts on um like the the negative side of the paranormal where uh you can maybe how do you what's your thoughts on going into a place and some people believe that you can go into a an alleged haunted location and if you're maybe disrespectful or um overly uh so you overly excited that you could potentially bring something away with you what was your thoughts on that well i've never really had anything come away with me um I'm always respectful on investigations because you just don't know who's there and I don't want to offend anyone, you know. Yeah. Um, but I've never had anything like that happen to me. Now, one of my friends has. Um, he said that he ended up messaging one of his best friends a lot of like a shed load of abuse out of nowhere, like completely out of character. And he doesn't remember doing it. Like he got home from this investigation. He doesn't remember sending any of these messages. He had a lot of explaining to do. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, we don't drink on investigations. So he he hadn't had a drink or anything like that. 
Um, so I know he's had that experience, but I haven't. So I do think it's possible. Um, but again, he's never been disrespectful either and nor have I. So you just don't know. You what? could just carry the energy from yeah. a place home potentially and it could affect you that way. Um, I like to do, you know, after an investigation, like a, a salt bath with some sage and stuff like that to, you know, just to make sure there is nothing attached to me. Um, whereas he's very much not like that. He doesn't do anything like that. So I think it's possible. So, but yeah, I, I, I think you're erring on the side of caution. Yes, Just, always. you know, just, uh, you don't want no, uh, nothing, you know, causing you uh, any issues. You don't want your no, brakes yeah. failing in your car or anything like that. No. Uh, how do you think? That happened recently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. How, how do you, um, uh, I mean, we're getting to the end of this episode, but um, I've got a couple more questions. And I wanted to uh, ask you how, uh, this is kind of a double-sided uh, question because it's got two parts. My first part is, um, what are your thoughts on the uh, the way that the paranormal is portrayed in uh, TV shows like, for example, I don't want to name them, but you know the ones I'm talking about. Yeah, I know. Uh, and also, yeah. how how do you think uh, the paranormal is portrayed in 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 TV as TV films? Do you do you think that the earlier films like The Amateurville and stuff like that, you know, the, those films were more kind of not classic, but they had more of a story to them rather than the stuff that you see today is kind of more for jump scares and, and stuff. What's your feelings on those on, on those two things? So I guess what we have to remember is it's all, like the TV shows are all for entertainment purposes. Mm. So I don't know about you, but I've been on investigations and most of the time it's pretty quiet. Yeah. Um, I've had a few things happen, um, but most of the time it's pretty quiet. So... For example, 30 East Drive, I didn't get knives thrown around. I didn't get pushed into a door. I didn't get dragged up the stairs. Nothing like that happened. Absolutely nothing like that happened. Um, I, I'm a unit sales photographer, so I've taken photos behind the scenes on some productions. Yep. And um, it's there's always a structure. Yeah. Um, the productions I've worked on have never faked anything. Um but there's always been a narrative that they have to follow. So if, for, for example, like something happens um, that doesn't fit the narrative, it doesn't make the cut, or they'll have to adjust things to make things happen, if that makes sense. Yes, um, wink, wink. Yeah, but it's <laughs> never like the ones that I've worked on, and I'm quite selective with what I work on because I don't like the idea of people faking things. Um, it's it's the ones I've worked on have always been honest, but there's always had to be a narrative. Yeah. So it has to tell the story of the place and stuff like that. But I guess oh, it's not the same as TV. It's not. No. It's it's a hundred percent not. Right. So it, overall, do you uh, um, how do you rate the the quality of programming like today? Uh, do you think that the 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 youtubers who are out there making uh videos and stuff do you think they've got the upper hand because they are doing it in more kind of like a gorilla style they go in with a camera they go into a haunted location and and i must admit i've interviewed a few 
uh, YouTubers that that do do it, that do do uh, Staffordshire Paranormal. Um, who else? Uh, Luke from Shadow Paranormal, and they're just a small outfit, few cameras, yeah. and they just go in, they do their thing, and and sometimes they do get stuff that you think well, that's a bit weird, you know. And uh, and and I understand where you're coming from with the stuff that's on the telly. It's every every few moments there's some crazy thing that happens and and I, yeah i have been to places and and i've literally eaten all my sandwiches in the first hour because i'm so bored and i think <laughs> i've got no food exactly. now you know yeah. I've, i'm just gonna i've got all i've got left is a fanta and that's it and some <laughs> biscuits so yeah yeah it can be really boring and uh yeah i i, I i'm just wondering i mean do you think that it's that the youtubers have got the upper hand or do you think that uh that the, the TV, the, the stuff that's on the TV will always be kind of king. Well, people love, you know, they always watch like the, the TV shows. Um, it's, I think it's always going to be big because people want to be entertained. Um, but I guess with like, with the YouTubers, um, it depends on their intention, really. Um, yeah, true. The people that I've spoke to um, and us, as well um, as legal paranormal, we haven't posted for a while, but we've got some stuff coming up. We just post what we find, and if there's nothing, you know, you're welcome to sit through it. <laughs> yeah, could be quite boring, <laughs> but what you see is what you get with us, and with the people that I've spoken to as well, who have who are YouTubers. Mm. Um, they're always really honest with it. Um, they try and make it as entertaining as possible, maybe in their personality, making it funny, you know. But I think, I guess, YouTubers, probably, I guess they do kind of have the upper hand, I think, yeah. uh, in regards to honesty. But it depends on the person. Yeah. Um, but for me, investigating the paranormal in general is always for confirmation for me from my experiences. And yeah. I never get more questions, and I'm not going to stop anytime soon. So my My final question for this episode is... How do I how do I phrase this? I want to phrase it in a way that it doesn't it's not corny. But my my okay. uh, I I am wondering where at what point are you in your investigating the paranormal? Where what what kind of mindset does that? What where are you at the moment? What kind of mindset are you in with your you know from your education of of the supernatural, the paranormal? Um. Or my general mindset about yeah do you, are you are you kind of like are you kind of like well it's all true everything is true i believe everything or are you a more i mean i'll be honest i'm more skeptical um i'm not 100 percent skeptical um i'm very open-minded uh but i'm also i like to be a little bit skeptical when i see something i'm like that's amazing but hang on a minute uh let's be logical about this yeah. are, are you kind of like that or are you more yeah yeah, I'm definitely like that. Um, I mean, I'm doing my doctorate at the moment and I'm working with Callum Cooper uh -huh. um, at the University of Northampton as a parapsychologist. And it's, it's kind of like, I, I spoke to him about this the other day and I said, I don't know where I stand. I don't know where I sit where, when it comes to religion, where it comes to belief. I don't know where I stand and I never have. And he, he actually said to me, that's okay. Um, you're just it's good to keep asking questions yeah. you have to keep asking questions mm. and that's what i do um yeah i've captured things and i'm thinking okay that you know it probably is paranormal maybe maybe you know but i need an answer to it and if it's yep. unanswered i just i kind of leave that as unexplained um that i guess we'll never know which is probably the sad part about it but well 
that's why we do what we do. Well, on that note, on that note, uh, Corin, I think we've come to the end of this episode. Um, it's been it it it's been very interesting because uh, I think at some point, as you are getting back up into the investigations, uh, I think we're going to get you back on an episode because I'd like um, to pick your brains on something you know that you've been doing more recently. Yeah. Um, okay. What 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 um what's your plans for the rest of the year? Are you have you kind of figured out where you're going to go with your any investigations or is that kind of still on the planning side um we're still kind of planning things really um i've got a load of locations to visit for my um for my research for my doctorate and a lot of research to do with regards to spirit photography and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um but i would i would just like to go to a place and investigate you know just just because and i think the next place uh, for me, um, since unfortunately the owner passed away, is the ancient Ramin, because I've yes. heard it's a very different vibe there now. So I'd like to head over there next, I think. But we'll yes, see. Uh, um, that is um, a lot of people do go there, and I don't know. Uh, it's a very old place, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of got a lot of history. Uh, I don't, yeah. I don't think I believe everything that's happened there, but there's definitely uh, uh, it needs to be uh, investigated, and uh, there are people that have gone there and had things happen. So. Who knows? So where can people um, where can people find you? Well, have you got a YouTube or a website or anything? Yeah, so my YouTube is The Paranormal Photographer. Um, that's me, my own work. Um, we've got Lee Core Paranormal, L-E-C-O-R Paranormal, which is um, uh, me and my team. Um, and I'm on Instagram, uh, Paranormal Photographer UK and TikTok, because, you know, TikTok's great. Uh, oh, yeah. That's Paranormal Photographer. <laughs> <laughs> Every ghost investigator needs a TikTok. <laughs> I, I, I don't. It. I still don't understand it. Um, I'm. I'm. Uh, I got. I got. In, I just got into Instagram, and I'm like, oh, this is really confusing. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I had a Twitter before, and I've just got. I've got. I got, got used to that. So uh, yeah, I don't know about that. TikTok's a, a a step too far, I think, for me. But there you go. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay. so yeah, it's been great having you on. Um, all your all your links and everything will be on. Uh, of course the the para para talk um podcast.com website uh and also they'll go out with with this episode to apple and stuff so uh anybody that uh, needs to get any links can click on those and get you uh and anyway so yeah uh it's been great having you on uh thank you for uh, joining me and thank um you. we're we're gonna definitely uh, get you back in a, a little while to uh, pick your brains again because uh, this was fun and uh yeah i hope everybody uh, enjoyed it as much as i did and uh well see you on the next episode thank you so much mm-hmm.